Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talk sports, uh, yes we do. Talk sports, uh. It's for you, Ray and Tay, and we spit it every day, and we're talking sports, give us a call, okay? Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up this Friday to bring some good sports to you. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, your emails, today at gmail.com. Check out the website, rayandtaytoday.com, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're very interactive for you. iTunes and YouTube as well. Some old episodes, some great interviews. We have it all. Ray, this is a good time of year. It's hockey, baseball, spring training, NBA, March Madness is upon us, NFL free agency. There is a plethora of sports to talk about, but Monday looms, March 7th, free agency begins. So let's start with the NFL. And, you know, we had 10 guys with the tag, franchise and transition, and we've got some big names out there. We had some big names just recently released. Out of the names or running backs that are available, when you look at a Forte and an Arian Foster, one, do you think that they're done? And if not, two, where do you think they can land and help an NFL team next year? Well, add Doug Martin to that list, too, although he may oh, stay yeah. in Tampa. No, no, there's but, a bunch of backs. Yeah, sure. Um it's a dirty little word in football, and it's called discrimination. And I'm not talking about racial discrimination, but I'm talking about age discrimination, especially at the running back position. So if you're creeping up near 30 and you have some mileage on those tires, the NFL stays away like you have some kind of infectious disease. <laughs> These guys do not like older running backs. So if you're Arian Foster, who talent-wise is one of the best running backs of this generation, I'll say he can't stay healthy. Never And healthy. Matt Forte is starting to get some tire, some, some wear and tear on the tires. So I think Matt I think Forte he's got something left, though. Don't you think I he's do, got I do. He gets, a look, he gets a look. But think about how Steven Jackson – hardly could find a job. Think about how Ray Rice, who, you know, put in his time off the field and, and is doing stuff in the communities and, and even some of the, you know, groups for, for women and abuse have kind of said, all right, he's he's done what he needed to do. Nobody's even sniffing him. So running backs are a dying breed in terms of the older running backs. So right. I don't think there's going to be that good with Johnson, though, Ray. So somebody, you know, overlooked him, and Chris Johnson paid off for the Cardinals. 
Yeah, Big but time. you know what? Chris Johnson had a couple of stops in between, so it's not like Chris Johnson's road has been rosy since he left, since CJ2K, and, and then he had those two or three bad seasons in Tennessee. So Chris has kind of stumbled a little bit. Well, he remember the year, year before, last last year with the Cardinals, year before with the Jets, he split time with Ivory and actually did okay. Now, this is fascinating. Chris Ivory is available, and I, I like to – you know, I wonder where Chris Ivory could wind up going. You got to believe certain teams what about out Blau? there. Blau, Blau, <laughs> Well, Blau, they're keeping Blau, I believe. But honestly, the Texans are going to either draft or sign somebody cheaper, you know, than Aaron Foster, who was nine million against their cap, six million base. You you want to see, you know, Alfred Morris is out there. Do the Redskins believe in their young guy who couldn't stay healthy from Florida, or do they chime in? Giants might need, you know, help at the running game. The Cowboys obviously could, you know, step in. I, I, that's the thing. I, I don't know how deep, right, the running back receiver position this, is, this year in the draft is. It's Ezekiel and Henry. Henry may be late first round, early second. And then after that, there's a little bit of a, a drop-off. So I wonder if some of these veteran backs, especially with veteran teams, you know, get a shot. Maybe Seattle says, hey, why not take a shot at somebody, you know, Thomas Rawls, you know, like Beast Mode didn't even stay healthy. So maybe we take a shot on it. Maybe somebody goes all in for Doug Martin. What about the Patriots? Forte sure. was a good in Matt, Matt Forte, Matt Forte Matt also, Forte. the only knock on him Matt is he doesn't, doesn't score. But, score. Otherwise, but otherwise, he can play. He can play. And you know what, with the cap going up, in baseball, in baseball too, but in, in basketball, baseball doesn't have a gap, but obviously in basketball and football, you're going to see a lot of free agents and a lot of maybe older cats hang on a little bit. Uh, you're right. This doesn't look like a killer draft from a, from a running back position, from just a skill position in general. So yeah. maybe these older guys get another look. Hold on. I think we have a caller. Let's see if the caller wants to ask us some questions. Hello, Cole. You're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Hi, I'm Jordan. I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, but calling from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Oh, wow. You took a nice trip across the country. Hey, Jordan, what's up? Hey, um, I happened to listen in and I heard you talking about the free agency. You know, something I was actually just talking about earlier today. Um, I'm a diehard Cincinnati Bengals fan. Okay. And a lot of people think we're going to be able to hold on to Muhammad Sanu, but in a draft class like this with him being a young receiver with promise, and I think especially with Hugh Jackson in Cleveland, guys are going to get overpaid. And he's going to be one who's probably going to get a little overpaid. Um, do you think you're going to see it a lot of these younger guys getting a lot more than you think they'd be worth? Definitely. And, and add, add Marvin Jones there, too. I mean, you might lose both. Well, you're going to keep one. I think you guys keep Jones. And that's the one I want to keep is Marvin Jones. Right, yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think you keep Marvin, and then you can replace Sanu in the draft. And Sanu, you know, I've had him on fantasy the last couple of years off and on, and he, he's good for a couple of weeks, then he kind of totally disappears. I don't know if that's a product of the offense or Dalton or whatever, but Sanu he definitely has a lot of balls. Issues. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He does. I think as a Bengal fan, and I'm a Steeler fan, so you know I got to jab at you a little. Oh but I man! No, no, but I, <laughs> I do. I do think you, you really have to be worried about your secondary because if you yeah. lose, you know, one or two of those guys, especially Pac-Man might not come back. That's you know, the one you, you have to bring back to me. 
Well, yeah, because he's younger than Newman. Um, and then your nickel corner might not come back. I, I'll tell you this. The Bengals will get attacked because you have one of the deepest rosters in the league. You guys are loaded. You're really loaded. Who would you want to sign in free agency? Let me ask you that. If you if you had your your brother, like, would you want to even maybe have to go after a, a Janoris Jenkins from the Rams? Absolutely. And I really think a guy, and he's going to be cut soon, as a project player, I would not bring in Brandon Carr. He fits the mold of the players who make up a lot of our skill position on our roster, our talented guys who didn't fit where they were. So I'd really like to bring in a guy like that just to bring some veteranship to the secondary um, with Kirkpatrick and Darquez Denard hopefully going to be playing this year. Yeah, I think or, Denard's ready to break out. He's ready to break out. You know what I will say, though, is you guys in Cincinnati very rarely make a splash in free agency, though. Never. So it's, it's <laughs> always Brown. about the draft. We it's saw always about Brandon grooming. Tate back today. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Sorry, you might look ground, at a line man. and they said maybe like a Malik Jackson, maybe you give you, you shake up that, that, that D line, you know, the big run stopper in the middle, especially depending on what happens with Gilbert. I, you know, but as a Cincinnati fan, you gotta say to yourself, Look, we got a window here. We've got an offense yeah, and it's that when they're rolling, they're rolling. So let me ask you a question about your offense. I I was of the belief that between Bernard and Hill that you guys had the thunder and lightning and you had what it you know what amounted to be probably the most versatile backfield in the league and for some reason it didn't click this year a little bit of injury but they both underachieved so how do you feel going into the season i mean Andy Dalton you still got to wait to the playoffs to see what he can do and, yeah, and exactly. poor guy keeps getting injured yeah. but in terms of running back you feel comfortable He's, going into the season with those two i do because they're both young still um, yeah. A lot of running backs have the sophomore slump. I think Jeremy Hill has all the talent in the world. Um, he's just I think he thought way too much last year about what he could do instead of just doing it like he did his rookie year. So Good hopefully point. they can get him back into grind mode and um, keep using Gio um, as is. I mean, Gio played pretty well last year especially in a year where he was supposed to drop off and Hill was supposed to um, accelerate. That's true. Yeah, so, fair enough. So um, all the one thing I'm not comfortable with, Marvin Lewis needed to have been fired. It, it's beyond ridiculous at this point that that really? man has a job. It's that's, funny. That's, that's what I say. See, we, 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 yeah. we totally disagree. And I disagree. Ray and Tay, I, I think he should. He's He has zero playoff wins in his career, and at a certain point, it's all about winning. Some of them are not his fault, but you can't always blame the injury. You can't always blame Carson Palmer going down in 05. I, I want to find sorry. a coach who's been with the same franchise for 13 years and has not won a playoff game, and pro sport. I don't but, feel like there's a coach. Anyway, but let me, let me say this, right? Before him, you were doing Nathan, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. That's all the way back to, you know, Kenny Anderson and Boomer Esiason when you lost to the Niners twice in the Super Bowl. Sam back in Weiss, the- my guy. <laughs> you know, with Sam Weiss. But I'll say this, Marvin has brought you stability. I think the NFL is so super competitive. Ask the Chargers losing all those years to the Patriots. Ask the Colts losing all those years before Manning, you know, got one to get in there. So at least you're in the dance, and that's all you need, right? Because one break. 
one tip ball, one interception could get you there to win it. I would love to be in the playoffs every year, right? And then I'm, I'm pretty much there as a Steeler fan, but as a Jet fan, our, both of our second favorite teams, you know, we're long suffering with the Jets and they, you know, they sniffed the playoffs those two years, the AFC championship, but then, you know, it's, you know, droughts of six years and droughts of nine years previous. So to me, I can't, with a lot of youth on your team, and yes, you have a lot of knuckleheads, but those knuckleheads are talented. And so as long as they can just kind of, you know, Vontez Burfick, look, you just got to bring him in a little. I Even me, right, I'm Antonio Brown, love him all day. I don't blame him on the hit because I'll say this, we all know, look, Anybody that's played a little bit of football, those plays are so bang, bang. And Antonio did duck down a little bit. I think Vontez, if he wanted to kill him, he would have went in and totally clocked him. He kind of pulled up a little. So I don't rip Vontez the way people do. If Jeremy Hill doesn't fumble, the Bengals are off to New England. That's what I go back to. That's what I always go back to. I can't blame Vontez or Pac-Man because if Jeremy Hill doesn't fumble, and, I mean, really, that's another – I look at Marvin Lewis, and it's raining, and your the other quarterback has one arm. Take three knees. Give him the ball back with 40 seconds, one-armed. I agree. I mean, why not? Right. That should be worst-case scenario there as a field goal. I think no, they got a little over totally right. No, you're, that's you're, when you're I just, totally right. I go back and I think of, like, how Tampa Bay had, like, Tony Dungy got him there but they had to move on to really get there. I feel like that's Marvin has got to show that he can. And it should okay. have been Hugh so Jackson. Two, two as quick questions. Okay, two questions with, with that in mind before we have to move on and let you go. Who is it in the OCs or DCs or former ex-coaches that you want to replace him with, and who do you want to draft for the Bengals in the first round? Well, it was Hugh Jackson. Is who I wanted them to replace with. Okay, and that's this fair. This is a little bit. This is a little bit of a bias, but Braxton Miller. Um, I'm a huge ah. Buckeye fan, and I think oh, losing wow. Sanu bring in another versatile guy who can also okay. probably return some kicks or punts. Braxton is going to be a stud in the NFL at the receiver position, at a little H back, and on special teams. You're totally right. Not sure if he's. And I like that. Pick, I like but, that he know. took the year uh, to play receiver. Most college oh, quarterbacks right. yeah. just play quarterback. He knew JT Barrett was a better thrower than him. And why not get the extra year? Because you were going to be a wide receiver in the NFL regardless. So Wow, that's interesting. I, you know, I, I, I can see the Bengals taking a linebacker or a wide receiver. And if they take a wide receiver, I could see them going with, a, like, a Treadwell, uh, you know, big, strong kid, or, or maybe the yeah. kid Will Fuller from Notre Dame. Um, but definitely I look for them. I Michael Thomas either. Yeah, <laughs> look for, throw that one out there, too. Look for them <laughs> to, to draft, uh, you know, somebody at the, at the wide receiver position potentially, and also depending on free agency, who they lose. Um, no, but Tate brings up a good point, and we argue about this all the time. You know, if you replace a coach, you got to replace him with somebody. But, Jordan, I'm with you, man. If you don't win, this is, this is a league about winning. It's not about getting there. It's about winning. If you don't win a playoff game in your whole tenure, 
<laughs> you gotta, you gotta move on, and and nothing wrong with Marvin Lewis, and he'll catch a job the next day, which he should. Great defensive coordinator, basically carried that 2000 Ravens team to a, a you know, as a defensive corner to a to a championship. But you know what? You gotta win. You gotta, you gotta I'll strive for excellence. Go ahead. If I could have my dream scenario, Marvin Lewis would be our general manager. Because he's built this roster by him. He knows yeah, right? talent. He just knows talent. Give okay, him a promotion. There you go. Say, we're not firing you. We're giving you a promotion. You, you become a Ozzy Newsome. <laughs> All right. Awesome, man. Listen, great call, and we appreciate you. You know, even though we're going to sweep you this year and the Steelers will win the division. <laughs> but I appreciate you, Jordan. Come on, Jordan. Listen, call us Monday evening, man. We'll be uh, talking free agency as it tips off on Monday. And uh, we'll what see uh, what move. Our usual time is 7.30 Eastern. So yeah, if you're okay. out in the mountain time zone, what's that, uh, uh, 5.30 yeah, it'll be for you, right? Yeah, 5.30 here. Yep. Yeah. All right. Hey, great call. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah. All right, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me on and letting me chat with you. You guys have a great That's night. Good, All right. Good have luck to you, Bengals. Yeah. Hey, can I stay please. on and listen to the rest, though? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, please. All right. please. Awesome. Thank you. All, All right, right. Take care. That's a great call. And listen, he brings up great points. There will be some young talent, and it's not just like a Sanu. There's a list of guys where, look, Bruce, the, the Seahawks are going to lose Bruce Irvin probably. We don't know if Tampa could keep Doug Martin because some team could go crazy for him. You know, there's, there's other guys, even a veteran like Eric Weddle. Now, Eric Weddle is somebody that you could plug in right away. He could go help the Patriots. He could go help the Bengals. You know, a lot of teams that need uh, Steelers need a veteran safety to kind of teach the young boys. So uh, before all these guys got released, like today, Andre Johnson, there was not a great NFL free agency, especially with all the guys being tagged. But I got to ask you about two names that I, I really want to know where you think they're going to go. Does the Broncos, can the Broncos keep Malik Jackson and Brock Osweiler? right, since they franchise Von Miller, and where in the world, this is a tour bus, right, where in the world is RG3 going to land? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> For all of you people with the kids out there. Um, I actually think Malik Jackson might be leaving. Um, I don't know how so much yeah. financial maneuvering uh, your boy Elway can do. Obviously, if El, uh, uh, if Peyton Manning doesn't come back, they got that $25 million or whatever. But a lot of it's going to go to Brock Osweiler. Who knows what and... Peyton's going to do? He doesn't even know. The latest rumor, oh, he's, he's thinking that he might want to play. Is, oh, stop he's it, not Peyton. Coming back. He, he doesn't uh, want to embarrass himself. But leaving $25 million on the table is not easy. Having <laughs> said that, they're going to have to pay, they're gonna have to pay Vaughn Miller. And I think Malik Jackson might be gonzo. And so that's interesting. You know, a run stop. So then you got to pay Brock. What do they pay Brock? You got to pay Brock. You got to pay Brock. Brock's your guy. I mean, you you have to at least. Two-year deal like Sam Bradford? You say, Brock, we still kind of want you to kind of prove a little something. Like you you, you proved you're good, but you didn't prove like you're a 20 million NFL starting quarterback. Do you know what I mean? Correct. So is he Matt Flynn? Or is he, oh, better than you know, Smith. Russell Wilson? <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm using two extremes, right? No, no, but no. The, but... 
the point is we saw him for three. Remember, Matt Fran threw for 500 yards in Green Bay. They they put him into that offense, and you thought he was the second coming of, like, Sonny Jurgensen or, or uh, Y.A. Tittle. But it turns out that he was just a backup. So jury's still out on Brock Osweiler, but Denver has no other choice. Hey, maybe RG3 goes to Denver. <laughs> Where does well, RG3 you know go? What? You know what? Listen, I don't know. I can see. RG3, right? Denver, you could see him backing up Bradford in yeah. Philly. Or Cowboys. you could see him. Well, but, uh, yeah, I, I kind of feel like they won't take him. But, yeah, I could see that. I also think San Francisco. Because I don't think they're keeping Kaepernick. I think they're going to wind up trading Kaepernick Ooh. away to the Rams, to the Jets, to the Eagles. For some reason, remember, they, they're, they're saying they're keeping him, but it's only $11 million on the cap, so he's easy to trade. So you're rolling with Blaine Gabbert? And RG3 and letting Not Kaepernick go? because in number seven, RG3 could be your filler. They could release Gabbard at any time. And I think the number seven pick, which might be Jared Goff, Goff, if he's there. I think, yeah, I think they might get Goff at seven unless somebody trades up to that Dallas spot. I think Dallas is not taking a quarterback. They're going to take Well, he's defense. a hometown kid, right? He plays at Cal right down the road. Well, now that they move, Santa Clara's a little farther. But, uh, yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe. I hear you. I hear. I just. I just think Kaepernick. You know. Again, if the guy took you to a Super Bowl, took you to an NFC Championship, and then had the best record in the NFL for three years and was leading the team, I, you know, I don't know wh- when the wheels. Oh, we, we got a children's theme here. I don't know when the wheels on the bus <laughs> fell off, <laughs> but well, they listen, obviously did. They and, fell off. But you know why they fell off. They messed with him. They messed with his coach. Well, that's my point. They messed yeah, with him. They he, messed with his he, coaches. Now Chip Kelly, remember, Chip Kelly is, uh, you know, the genius back in back in the West Coast. Maybe that, he sniffed that, that West Coast Pacific air. He also messed with Alden's ex-woman. You can't do that. So he's lost the respect of the locker room. It, 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 it's not – it we have a Delonte right. West situation going on here. We need to get yeah, rid of him. Yeah, you know, well, he ain't sleeping with nobody's mom. <laughs> he just slept with their ex-girl. <laughs> ain't nobody is gangster as Delonte West. Let's keep that real, okay? <laughs> ain't nobody gangster like Delonte. That's, people don't even understand. Let's, let's break it down. That's Philly cheesesteak hood, okay? Delonte <laughs> West, you know, Philly, Philly hood. He's like, yo, I'm going to bone LeBron's mom. That's, that's Philly hood, okay? Oh, so, my God. But perfect segue. Look, we'll leave the NFL alone. It's, it's going to be fascinating. Monday, we will talk about it. I don't know what time the, the, the clock starts. I don't know if it's 12 or 1 p.m., but we'll be on Monday night. There'll be a ton of moves right away. You know how that always goes. And we'll be breaking it down, talking about it. I'm sure there'll be a couple of trades. You know, it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But let's, let's take it to the hoops, man. Let's go clap boards. It's time to talk some college basketball because this is it. The conference tournaments, the major tournaments are beginning this week coming up. Some of the minor ones are, are, are starting. We've got, you know, the final games this weekend for conference play. Can Kansas, you know, can they beat Iowa State and hold on to number one seed? They already got their, what, 12th straight Big, big 12 title. Will Michigan State finish it off this weekend? They'll, can they take care of Ohio State? You know, number three, Villanova. You know, it looks like they're kind of on cruise control. Probably will take care of Georgetown. And then the big the side, game is 
Well, Virginia, Virginia Louisville, Louisville, right? Can the well, number Virginia, four Virginia team yeah. beat that number eleven Louisville team and hold on to the number one seed? That's going to be that huge. number one seed in Charlottesville. And then our rivalry game, the revenge, because Duke stole one from Carolina. Can North Carolina go to Duke? And let's be honest, Duke's been not looking too good lately. That loss to Pittsburgh was horrible. And I think North Carolina is going to Duke to, to take care of business. So what, what, what do you see for this weekend? And then your, your thoughts on who needs to win their conference tournaments or advance highly in their conference tournaments. What, what are your thoughts about well, this weekend? Well, great games this weekend. I think oh, yeah. Michigan State has a chance to solidify. You know, they go up against Ohio State. They get a chance to, you know, win their conference. Villanova still has to prove that they're, I mean, you know, by record, and they'll probably do it, but I still think they need to prove that they're a solid number one. Um, you know, you got teams, to me, Oklahoma's better than Villanova. They've, they have some some losses the last couple weeks, but uh, I but see Villanova. Yeah, I could see Villanova stumbling a little bit, potentially losing that number one seed. Um, In the biggest tournament? Maybe. Look, if, if if Georgetown can give them some trouble, and and maybe if they lose early in the in the Big East tournament, they could have they could have an issue holding on to that number one seed. You know what I really want to see though? I also want to see Xavier. I want to see if Xavier is for real. Now that they've been playing, you know, as a top five, top six, top seven team for the past month, month and a half, I want to see how they do that in, in going into the tournament. They won't get a number one seed, but they could be a solid number two seed, you know, and are they ready? Are, are they up for the challenge of being a number two seed? Another team that, that we kind of slept on is Oregon. Oregon is pretty good. You know, everybody's talking about the Pac-12 being essentially Jalen Brown and the Cal Bears and your Arizona team, which is always mm-hmm. stacked. Yeah. John Miller's got that, got that team playing well. And then quiet has kept Oregon. No, they're good. The cop. And, you know, and if you, you remember, to... they've been good in the tournament the last two years, right? They played really well. Look, this is this is the, the, the question that I have. SEC, can LSU beat Kentucky this weekend, right? Which would be a big win on the road at Kentucky. This could help them make the tournament. Plus, they would have to at least win two or three games, maybe get to the semifinals possibly the finals in the SEC to make it into the big dance. Does LSU still have a shot even though they've had some bad losses? Or do they need to win they need to win the SEC tournament basically? So I don't know that they need to pull a Yukon and win five games and win their tournament. Um mm. but they're eleven and six in the conference, so they don't have to win four games. I think they don't have to play that first playing game. But they do have to go deep. They got to go to their conference finals, maybe or semis at so, least. So if when this Kentucky if they game, beat Kentucky, if they beat yeah. Kentucky, it becomes a little more interesting. Maybe they win two games in the in the SEC tournament. But right now, you're watching Ben Simmons in the NIT. So as good a player as he is, for some reason, this year hasn't clicked. He is not, you know, Carmelo. He's too nice. I don't think he's aggressive he's enough. Not he's not Danny learn Manning that. of 88. Yeah, Danny Manning's yeah. a little bit of an unfair because Danny Manning was a senior at the time. But my yeah. man, my mellow, was a freshman in 03 when they went on and beat Kansas. So 
Ben Simmons is probably more talented than both of them at this stage of his career. But he's not an uh, alpha dog. He he's not he's a not. go. He's not. He's not a he's go not. take it over guy. I mean, look, Melo has we're, helped. We're finding that out. No, you're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah, I, I think that. Um, I don't know. I think Simmons. You know, it's sad to say, honestly. I think most of these freshmen this year, it's, it's a weaker freshman class. They all need a second year, right? If I'm being honest, they all need a second year. Even Ingram. Imagine if Ingram stayed a second year. He could gain more weight, work on the inside and outside game, be so versatile that he could be a legitimate three or four in the NBA, be a Blake Griffin, Durant type, or a little mixture. You know, just one more year of beef. I just think all these freshmen. No, you're 100% right. I I can only think of Blake Griffin in the modern – kind of last five to seven years is the only guy that, that could have been a top five pick and decided to stay and, and came out as a sophomore. But you know what's amazing to me is one of the last of the Mohicans, Tim Duncan. Uh, of course, Shaq stayed three years. Timmy stayed yeah. four years at Wake Forest. Why doesn't anybody talk about that a little more? You know, the guy won five championships, has a pretty good chance to to compete for a sixth. He stayed four years at Wake and still had a great, great, great NBA career, top ten of all time NBA career. So people don't point to him and say, look, stay like Timmy, work on your game, come out. He's quiet, but he needs to be the standard. You know, you know, especially but, for big men who develop a little bit later, who who need to grow into their bodies and, and, and develop their game. And the problem is for every Tim Duncan, everybody wants to go out there and be, you know, John Wall and Derek Rose. Derek Rose, for example, you know, one year goes to a finals and then wins an MVP. So why would I stay in college? But a lot of people need that extra time to work on their game. Look at Steph Curry, another guy who – could have been a top 10 pick, stayed, not only stayed, but stayed at a small school like Davidson and worked on his game, so now he became a pure point guard. And before, he was, a you know, as a sophomore, as a junior, he was coming off picks and coming off screens and still scoring, but now, as a senior, had the ball in his hands the whole time, worked on his game. So we need more of those players. We need more players to stay. Just because you want to see these guys, you know, you don't want to see them fizzle out. Because they say in the pros, you don't work in practice. The the games and the the 82-game season is so taxing that you don't really work on your game. Only in the summertime can you really work on your game. And that's that's what pay checks you out in the Vegas summer league. Summer league, baby. Wait, and not just that. I mean, be honest, NBA preseason and and training camp, it's not like the NFL. It's pretty short. I mean, And they want to shorten it even more. Yeah, it's, they're there like a week, and then they're already starting their, you know, eight-game preseason schedule. So it, it's most of the work you need to do on your own in the offseason. So I want to ask you this, a couple things. Before we leave the college hoops, I got to tell you, West Virginia at Baylor, and th- this is sort of indicative of the Big 12 this year. This is going to be a great game, and I think if West Virginia at 10 – could go take care of, of the Baylor Bears, who have had a heck of a season. They're 19, right? You know, both of these teams are going to be dangerous in a tournament. The Big 12, I'm telling you, they could have, what did I say a couple of weeks ago, four, three or four teams in, in the Sweet 16, and I, I really believe that. 
But I'm going to tell you this. West Virginia, Ray, and what Bobby Huggins has them doing in that defense, they're being slept on this year. And they're ranked 10. They've been kind of hovering between, you know, 10 and 16 for a while now. I'm telling you, if they could go to Baylor and win, West Virginia is going to wind up getting a number two seed in this tournament. You think so? I do. I do. Watch out for that because Miami and North Carolina and Virginia, they can't all win the ACC, right? And they're all ahead of them. They're gonna somebody's gonna drop off if Xavier or Villanova somebody gets upset. You know what I mean? There's just only so many spots. Maryland, Michigan State. Purdue, Indiana for the Big Ten title or who gets knocked off in the final, you know, semifinals. So West Virginia, I really believe if they can beat Baylor, advance pretty far. In and the they're Big a bad matchup. matchup. They're, yeah, they're hard. You don't have and, athletes on your team. You can't really mimic their press. Yep, so and then remember, are... conference tournaments, you're playing night after night after night. It's not like during the regular season or during March Madness. You know what I mean? You're You're going – Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You know what I mean? So West Virginia will wear cats out. So well, let me ask you something. My prediction there, a little two seed. Okay, so let me ask you something. 4.30 on Sunday at Ooh. Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana. Ooh. This newfound, maybe we got a rivalry, maybe not. Oh. But the, your Maryland Terps. Let's go, at- Maryland. 24 and 6, 12 and 5 in the conference. Go to Indiana. We're Number ready. one in the Big Ten right now. Looking like Tom Crean's old Marquette teams with Dwayne <laughs> Wade and, and, and the boys. Well, he, listen, Yogi Farrell's not Dwayne Wade, don't play him. <laughs> That's true, too. That's true, too. But Steve Novak, who's Steve Novak out there? <laughs> but anyway, Maryland at Indiana. Talk to me about that game. Are you scared? Because well, if you lose that game, you might drop from what was, you know, uh, up until a month ago you were a one seed. Then you, you were a two seed. Five, now yeah. you might be a four seed or maybe a well, five seed if you drop yeah, early in this. the Big Ten tournament. i right? Any team, no no team in the, in the big tournament wants us to be a four or five seed because we are going to be so dangerous. I think we go to Indiana and win. I think we wind up getting a three seed. You know, we'll see how we do in the Big Ten tournament. You know, maybe we can move up higher than a three if we ran the whole table and beat Michigan State or whatever and won the Big Ten title. We can maybe move up to a two again. But Maryland, I think, will probably be a three, the worst a four. I think we beat Indiana. Look, we just had senior night. We, you know, won, won an easy game against Illinois. But I think the confidence is coming back. Tremble's getting healthier. Layman is looking good. Dodd and Stone and, you know, we're the bench. We're about eight or nine, maybe even ten deep. And I think, you know, Suleiman's defensive ability and his threes, it, 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 that leadership is going to pay off. And we have some freshmen, a couple of sophomores, but we have two seniors in Layman and, and Suleiman that I think will be able to – make some noise in the tournament. Our only question, our main issue is, you know, we give up a lot of offensive rebounds. We got to get heavier on the defensive glass. But our roster's deep. I'm I'm excited. I'm ready. Terps are ready. I'm worried about our Tar Heels. What do you you think seeding-wise? They beat Duke, and then how far do they go in the ACC tournament? And are they a two seed, or could they still sneak up to the one line? 
So in terms of their ability, they could be a one seed, right? The only thing is for them to they be a to one seed, the they have to win the ACC, right? Because yeah. they're fighting with Virginia. And Duke. probably those are the only two teams that can. Well, in terms of a number one seed, right? Those are the only two teams that could that could get a number one. From well, Miami's ahead of them. They're fighting with Miami too. What a season! Yeah. Miami's twenty-four and five. Goodness I know. Gracious. I just don't see Miami as the number one seed. Maybe maybe I'm sleeping on them a little bit. They're a very good team, but I, I just don't see Miami. Stuck on, the, on, on, the, on the pillow there, man. <laughs> Shane Larkin yeah. coming back. Uh, I see Carolina as probably a two seed. I think they've underachieved the second half of the season. A little bit disappointed in some of their seniors, especially Marcus Page. I mean, this was his season really to carry this team. Very yo-yo, up and down season. And, and with with Barry, you know, rolling, running with him at the two, but that size with Bryce Johnson and, and a young stud who doesn't even know. He's like Bam Bam Jackson. I think yeah. he's going to be a, the man next year. And then you got, uh, you know, Kennedy Meeks and Hicks and you've got size and talent and depth and you know we've always we have to use it properly. You can't have Barry taking 15 shots a game. We have to use the size. Marcus Page as a senior. When was the last time a senior? It's not like he's even controlling the game. I mean, you feel you know when when Kemba Walker was a senior, it was the Kemba Walker show. You know, and I'm not saying that, that Marcus Page is Kevin Walker, but a, a four-year guy in college as a senior, as a point guard in the Carolina system, meaning that you are a McDonald's All-American, you're a high-profile cat. Like, uh, talk about alpha dog. Talk about Ben Simmons not stepping up. Well, Ben Simmons is a freshman. Marcus Page is a senior. So yeah, you, there's you, no excuse, you, right? You're, you're yeah, you that. want him to step up and, and and take leadership, and it doesn't have to be scoring. But it, it's decision making. It's it's doing the right thing, making the right well, pass. And you know what? He's still have one shining moment left in him for the tournament. He just might. Yeah, but when was the last time a champion was playing this poorly in February? I don't know. I, mean, I look back at the at the record there, but uh, they are a little disappointing going into the tournament. So I, I think they're going to lose. They're not going to win the ACC tournament. They'll probably make it to the semis or to the finals, and they'll end up being a two seed. I think okay. they'll beat Duke, though. I think they'll beat Duke because they have revenge on their brain. Right. I, I do too. So let's let's segue into our segment. You're not ready, and then we'll finish with the NBA. Got to talk about some some stuff with these Warriors, man. It, it's it's getting lethal, but. We have our segment, you know, we, we definitely see your emails and people like when we do our segments, whether it's I'm sorry or, you know, Hall of Fame Fridays, different things. But we got to do a where you at. We haven't done that in a while, where you at, where we find out where old players are, you know, what they're doing now. But we're going to do You're Not Ready, where we, Ray and Tay, talk about a team or a player that you're not ready for. I'm going to take a, a stab at it first. And for me, it's simple. It's in the Eastern Conference. It's a team that is one of the greatest franchises in NBA history. They have 37 wins, 25 losses, and they have a coach by the name of Brad Stevens that could wind up being the NBA coach of the year. They're led by a first-time all-star, Isaiah Thomas, 21.6, not Isaiah Zeke from Detroit, but Isaiah that's now with the Boston Celtics. He even spells it differently. That's right. 
He does. We've got our boy, Sullinger, 8.7 boards a game. Their assist, Isaiah's giving you 6.7 without scoring. Steals, you got Jay Crowder, 1.8, basically two steals a game. The, the defensive lockdown wing defender. And Amir Johnson with one block a game. This is fascinating because the team is so deep. No stars except for one all-star. Six guys in double figures. And then the seventh guy averages 9.8, which is Evan Turner. So you're going with Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, who's dropping in a serious um, 15 points a game, you know, really solidifying that backcourt. Then you have Crowder, Sullinger, Olenek, Marcus Smart, six guys in double figures. They don't have necessarily the, the, the two or three stars, but my thing about them is that you're not ready for them to probably match up in the Eastern Conference semifinals with the Toronto Raptors. And because of their heart, their scrappiness, their versatility in their defense, they will upset the Raptors in a seven-game series, probably seven games. And they will wow. wind up losing to the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, Tay is saying the Boston Celtics, and you know I'm a Knicks fan. I hate I, ah, There's nothing I like about the Patriots, Boston, whatever. We won't even talk about Brady and all this foolishness going on with uh, the NFL and all that bringing back up. But I'll say boldly, you are not ready, Boston Celtics, to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals this year against the Cavaliers. I That's am my- not ready for that. You're not ready, baby. You're not. I of don't not like ready. their roster one bit. <laughs> but Brad no. Stevens is doing You're not it. ready for Jonas you know You're not ready for young R.J. Hunter Jonas to get a Jarebko? No, I'm not down with him. You're, Kelly Olenek, Jared Sullinger. Tyler Zeller, the former Tar Smart. Well, they do have the Nets picks, though, so they're they're still looking pretty. Um, oh, okay, I yeah. hear you. So let me go back to something we talked about a few minutes ago, college basketball. Whew. This has been one of the craziest college basketball seasons, if not the craziest college basketball season of all time. I think we're up to 75 top 10 losses already, <laughs> breaking any record that we've ever had before. So if you're a top five team, I think there's something like 40 losses. And if you're a top 10 team, 75 losses that you've experienced. So it's not cool to be a top 10 team. So much so that there's probably, you know, when you fill out your brackets, you try to pick some upsets, you try to get some points. But deep, deep, deep in your heart, you really think there's five teams that could win the tournament, 10 teams max that could win the tournament. Well, this year, I'm going to say you're not ready for a Final Four that has zero well, this top year, four seeds. I'm going to say, think about it. Think out of the box for a second. Can you imagine if we have a Final Four with zero top four teams? So if you project the line right now, that would be no team ranked 1 to 16 making the Final Four. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying it could happen. Think about this. So 16 right now, take the 16 teams out of the tournament and try to pick, try to close your eyes for a sec, 
just imagine four of those teams going to the Final Four. Let me throw some teams out there. Obviously, it depends on the brackets. They may play each other. But let me throw some teams out there that may just be Final Four teams. And in a year like this, when anything can happen, especially that second day. You're saying a five seed or lower. Four of them. I'm saying imagine a Final Four with Arizona, Iowa State, Kentucky, and Cal. So you got Jalen Brown, one of the most explosive young stud players in the country. Kentucky, now Jamal Murray's playing like a beast. I think he's second in the country in scoring since the beginning of February. So he's doing it. All those freshmen now are not freshmen anymore. Tyler Ulis, your boy, who I dissed early in the year, is playing fantastic Don't basketball. This is Tyler Ulis. He's playing big time. Arizona had that big win last night against Cal. Has the size, has the experience. You know, Pac-12 has been a great, you know, tough, rugged road for them. And Iowa State, you know, anybody who goes through the Big 12 season this year is just, you know, you got the battle scars to prove that you could do anything in the tournament, and you know they've got some. They've got some players. They got some seniors, right? Jamal Mackey. They got your boy George Nyang. They have some players on that team. So, oh, yeah. just imagine. Close your eyes and just imagine that you've got zero final four or zero top four <laughs> seeds. In the final four. Now, we've had one or two before. You know, George Washington was a 12 seed. We had um, LSU with John Williams that would as an be, 11 seed. Listen, listen, with you're, Villanova you're saying, win as an 8 seed. But you're I'm saying, saying that if, our kids and our wives could wind up picking a better bracket than us. That's what you're saying. It's quite possible. It's quite possible. <laughs> I'm saying it's not chalk. I'm saying throw out the chalk. Oh, there's throw no chalk. The chalk. Not, wow, Ray. That, listen, if that comes true, that's like, oof. we'll have to definitely have that up on the site because that's a legendary pick. And so that might be a little bit bolder than me having the Celtics, although a lot of people barely had the Celtics to be a seventh or eighth seed, the highest, you know, this year. So that's pretty bold. I didn't too. even have them making the playoffs. All right, you didn't have them in the playoffs. So we're both going with some bold picks that we feel you're not ready for. I like it. I like it, Ray. I like it. Let's see. Roll the dice. Let's go. Then that means you're thinking my Terps will be a five seed then. <laughs> well, right now they're fourteen, so they'd be a four seed if it would just went to if it went according to form. Right, but if they lose to Indiana and then don't have a great Big Ten tournament, then they could be like a fifth seed and still make the there final. There you go. Four. I'll definitely take I'll definitely take a, a Maryland on my prediction. <laughs> no, that sounds great. So let's uh, finish off strong, man, with some hoops. You know, we, we, we talked about college, the NBA. I got to say this, you know, it's fascinating with these buyouts. Looks like Ty Lawson might sign with the Pacers. We know Joe Johnson went to the Heat. Marcus Thornton now wants to go to the Heat. Everybody wants to be in South Beach, right? It's a shame they don't have Chris Bosh. But a couple of uh, sort of kind of big stories are happening. One, the Bulls right now out of the playoffs as the ninth, 10th seed. I'm sorry. That is crazy to fathom. 
I mean, they are below 500, no, 500 basketball, 30 and 30. It, it, it's really bad. And you wonder, should, should they just not throw the season, but continue to lose, get in the lottery, maybe get lucky. Cause I think, you know, even though Gasol says he wants to resign, you know, you don't know when Butler's coming back. This might be the chance for them to kind of rebuild, make a big trade over the summer. I don't know what that trade is and kind of keep some of the core guys, but also start anew. What are you thinking should be the correct plan for the Chicago Bulls? Well, if you rewind the tape, tape, remember that segment, I'm sorry. And I was apologizing to the Chicago fans for getting their hopes up, playing for an NBA title, or at least an Eastern Conference championship. And, you know, that team, when they're healthy, when they had uh, Noah and and Gasol and Maricic and and, – Butler and Rose, Rose and Gibson. Taj Gibson off the bench, and your boy Dougie McBucket. Dunleavy. You know what? Dunleavy. <laughs> blow it up. Blow it up. Because depending on what Kevin Love does, but let's assume he stays, Cleveland's the team to beat, right? So you've got to believe that for the next three years, Cleveland is the team to beat in the East. Toronto is right behind them. Miami, if they can stay healthy, and depending on Dwayne Wade, maybe he has another year or two. You've got a window where you're not winning anything in the next couple years in the East. So you've got to move on from this being the Derrick Rose team, and they have to some degree. Jimmy Butler is your guy. Right, right. But when you say blow it up, does that mean move Gasol, Gibson, and Rose? Or you just want to move Gasol and Rose? I mean, you you got to love Bobby Definitely Portis. Definitely two out of the three. Yeah. Look, Gibson Gibson's a role player. Uh, Noah was the guy you wanted to trade, but he got hurt. So to me, your front court and, and thank goodness for Gasol, he saved you because you know the the other guys are just so disappointing. Miracic looks like a heck of a player when he's healthy. So you've got Miracic and. Butler, really, to build around. We don't know if McDermott's a real player or if he's just a role player. So you still need more talent. You still need more youth on that team. Right, but out of the big guys, who are you keeping? Are you keeping Gasol, Noah, or Gibson? Maybe Noah because he's the youngest, or do you want to get away from Noah and go to something else? I think you get away from Noah because he doesn't play Freddie Hoiberg's style of basketball. So, you know, you you try to convince Gasol maybe to transition you for a year or two. Now, luckily, the cap goes up $20 million this year and $20 million next year. So he says he wants to resign there. He says he wants to resign there. It's not a cap issue, but still, I'm thinking that this team has got really no chance. And this year, not making the playoffs, if they don't make the playoffs, that's a total slap in the face. Playoffs? So, I say blow it up and start fresh. Okay. You know, and, and, and I wonder in doing that, where could they strategically move pieces to get picks? Could they ship a Noah maybe to a Utah? Could they move a Gibson or a Rose to Boston? Maybe you bring, bring back a defensive guard and Marcus Smart. And, and, you know, have him be part of your point guard rotation and get a draft pick from Boston. You know, this is where, you know, because Boston's going to want to 
potentially get a superstar. Maybe they think Rose still has it and they might pack take a package of Rose and Gibson or Rose and Noah and you can get smart no Linux or something. I, you know, it's going to be fascinating because also Hoiberg, I don't feel like he's trying to put his print, but I don't know how far he needs to go to put his print on this team. Is it total small ball, sharing the ball, Warriors, Spurs, Hawks, or is it still have some inside thread and, and be a little bit more balanced? You know, I, I, I wonder – and I think we're going to have to wait to kind of see how that plays out. This is where I need to ask you where we need to go next. I think that I'm ready. I already said I was ready to probably give up on the Thunder. But I think I'm ready to get excited about the Clippers. Chris Paul is having an MVP season behind Westbrook, Harden, and Steph Curry. I think Chris Paul, when Blake Griffin comes back and the way that they've been able to play, you saw what they did to Oklahoma City this week. Oklahoma City lost from last weekend and then again last night to Golden State. I, I just don't think Westbrook and Durant, they're zebras. They can't be giraffes or gorillas. They're not changing their stripes. And that means that they don't trust their teammates enough to – really allow a third or fourth guy like uh, Iguodala or Draymond Green to score, to contribute, to miss enough shots, to get hot. And it's always the Durant-Westbrook show. And I think against a Spurs or especially against the Warriors, it's too much. The Warriors own them mentally. But I think the Clippers, when Griffin comes back, and he's finally healthy. They're, what, 40 and 20 now? This, to me, is a whole different animal. And I would almost want to say that the Warriors would prefer in the second round to face OKC than the Clippers. This Clipper team is going to be dangerous. What are you, what are you You're thoughts right, about that? You're right. And I do and think I, the, Clippers the Clippers always have the, the roster to compete. To compete. So the question is going to be, how does Blake Griffin coming back affect them? You know, does it make them better? Because he played great in the playoffs last year. They should have won that Houston series and been playing for the conference finals, even though some San Antonio fans would tell you they, they barely won that first round. But, you know, that's a, that's a really good team. I think that I'm not ready to write off the thunder yet, though. I have a feeling – this is an odd little scenario here, but I, I tweeted this out last night, though. Oh, they, it's hard to watch them. It is, but you know what? They have they have brilliance at times. They're a tough matchup. They themselves, right? So now they have to do that for 48 minutes. But I, I, I tweeted this out yesterday. I said, could you see them being like the Giants in 07 who played the Patriots very, very well? and then knocked them off in the Super Bowl. Now, granted, basketball is different because you've got to win four times out of seven and at least once on that other team's court. <laughs> and their defensive consistency is horrible. That's the problem. I, I, I uh. hear you, but I just see, and, and maybe this is me being you know, in my heart watching I believe Kevin it. I Durant no, I and love watching and hoping. Oh you know, but I just see at times – 
they for stretches when they're on and when Ibaka and Adams are giving you something and Waiters is giving you something and you have two of the top four players in the league, five players in the league, they are unstoppable. Now, you're right, defensive consistency, Billy Donovan's in his first gear, rotations, uh, you know, unselfishness, shot selection. You uh. know, the worst thing in the league – the worst thing to happen to the league may have been Steph Curry hitting those 25, 28-footers because now people think that they can hit that. <laughs> people think they can hit those shots. It's like, no, those are terrible shots. Those are low-percentage shots. You should never shoot them. Never. Never. Even if you're Steph Curry. Well, maybe if you're Steph Curry. But if your name <laughs> is not Steph Curry, you should never shoot those shots. So stop putting them up. But uh, you're right, though. The Clippers the, the Clippers are the real deal, and they're going to be a nightmare of a matchup, whether it's in the second round for the Golden State Warriors or the third round. or, or you know, It'll be very interesting to see these playoffs play out. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm taking, I'm taking the field against Golden State. I'm definitely not taking Golden State to win, you know, even win the Western Conference. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, I, in early in the, you know, our previous show, I – People go back and listen. I, you know, I, I went with uh, Cavs Thunder, and so in my heart of hearts, I want the Thunder. Um, you know, I, I want to see them there. It's been a long time, right, when they played and lost to LeBron four games to one. Uh, you know, in that finals in 2012, and yeah, they won that you know, first game, and everybody thought LeBron and, yeah. and everybody was going to choke. And you know, I love Batman and Superman, as I call them on our show, but. It's frustrating, Ray, because I, you know, there's moments where you see Cantor going off, or Waiters, or Baca remembers that he used to be good, or Adams, and you know, and then you see Foy's trying to work in, and they've got, I mean, they've got a plethora of talent, but you know, they need Robertson to to stay healthy and to play that defense, but I don't see Abaka is not the defensive player that he was. Something is he he doesn't look right. I don't know if it's mental or physical or whatever. And remember, it was a year or two ago, he started to improve from the three-point line. And then this year, he's down, you know, regular threes, field goal percentage. He's just not scoring as much. So um, it's going to take a lot. But I got to tell you, I I really – I can't say enough about Dame Lillard and, and, you know, they came to the garden and took care of the Knicks and and just watching the Blazers. And, boy, I tell you – Baby Dame dropping dimes? Big, big baby dropping dimes to the left, dropping dimes to the right. Listen, <laughs> he might drop dimes on his ex-teammate, LaMarcus Aldridge, in the first round in that 2-7 matchup, and, and then the Blazers might push him to five or six games because the Blazers, ladies and gentlemen, you know, they were islands, you know, you know, take them for joke. They're no joke. Do not sleep on the Blazers. This team, Ray... I'll be interested to see, with the cap going up, their draft picks and free agency, how much they can improve next season. Because I'm telling you, if I'm a, a, an athletic three or four or somebody, I'd go play with Lillard and McCullough. Oh, yes, I would. Yeah, man. Well, there's only one basketball, and the two of them like to shoot it. But I hear you. I mean, in terms of a young backcourt, that's that's pretty impressive. I mean, we talk about other backwards, but in terms of the youth, it's really them and maybe Wall and Beal being young studly backcourts. I mean, the other backcourts may be better, but but they're certainly a little bit older. So right. To have that. Well, that youth, still young. 
Thompson, uh, Clay is what, his fifth year, and Curry's his seventh year? Yeah, but you yeah, know, so they're, they're still, still kinda... not second year and, and fifth year. No, no, of course, of course. But, look, it, it's going to be great. Uh, this is a great sports weekend. You know, tune in to us on Monday as we, you know, break down free agency. NFL free agency, I love it. It's a lot of fun. Start looking at the conference tournaments and stuff like that. So, listen, thanks for listening. I just want to keep thanking the audience. Keep lifting up my little son, Jackson, in your prayers. You know, he's still sick in the hospital, so we want him to get well. And um, like always, we love talking sports with friends. It's definitely a nice distraction. Get better soon, Jace Move. We need you. Jackson's daddy needs this distraction. So, thanks. Thanks for that caller, man. He was awesome. That, uh, that, that made made my day. That was fun talking to some Bengals Steelers. I love it. <laughs> so we'll tune in on Monday. Have a great sports weekend. See ya.